Welcome into Garbage Time Fantasy Football. We tonight are running hostless. So tonight it's just me, Joe McCann, and Ryan Warner, because we are the dedicated workers on this podcast. I mean, not that we're paid or anything, but Ryan, how are you feeling tonight? Pretty good, pretty good. I mean, I think JJ and uh, Ron could take notes on our on our dedication and commitment to this. And our straight-up excellence, right? Yeah, yeah. They, uh, they've been slacking. They're the... Um, but doing pretty good. Had some big news this week. I don't know if uh, if you want to change your your top tight end rankings that we went over a few weeks ago with the most recent signing of a pretty pretty big name. I don't know, but I mean we've got future Pro Bowl tight end Tim Tebow signing with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, that one that one almost catch he had from Mark Sanchez was was on point. You must have seen that clip online today, right? Oh yeah, the one where it hits him right in the helmet. <laughs> Yeah, I've got a feeling he's just going to end up blocking up there. And yeah. And what says it all for that, too, is uh, as soon as he ended up signing with Jacksonville and the report was coming out for it, Des Bryant had a reaction, uh, and he wrote, and I quote, you've got to be kidding me. So what, what do people around the league actually think about this, then? I don't know. I know I read that there's a lot of, even within the Jaguars organization, there's a lot of people not happy about it. Um, I mean, I'm I not just- happy about it. <laughs> I just think it's nuts that Tebow, back when he was a quarterback, they, they, a lot of teams pitched to him, how about you be a tight end? And he was like, no way, not doing it. So then he leaves, goes plays baseball for like eight years, and then just gets signed on to be a tight end after that. Like, wh- what are they basing this off of? I don't, it's not like this footage. Well, or... it's definitely not based off his excellent passing completions in, uh, I believe it was 2011 and 2012, where it was 46.5 in 2011. And, he went up – actually, no, he got worse in his second year. So it was 50% in 2010, and in 2011 it was 46.5% completion percentage. So it's not like you're even going to be using him for trick plays. So maybe they're just hoping he's going to be a big body tight end that can actually block for their new young quarterback. Maybe. I think – and I think he's a super athletic guy. I just don't know if he's athletic enough and good enough in any specific area to actually be a consistent starter on any kind of help position. I mean, he couldn't even really get out of AAA in baseball, so let's be honest. Right, like maybe on special teams, maybe you put him on the kick return or punt return or something as a blocker. <laughs> I don't know. He's the gunner. Yeah, I, I really don't know, but it's I definitely can... an interesting signing. I don't know how much they're paying him or what what it is, but I, – I imagine when we see the terms, it's going to have to be the league minimum. What else would the, you pay him? The Jaguars never cease to amaze. That's all I have to say. I mean, even the media is not that high on it. I mean, Gus Fernat, even of the Florida Times Union, was claiming that Tebow to even make the roster is going to have to do something besides play tight end to make the roster. Right. That's just screaming special teams, and Urban Meyer is someone that stresses that his whole team plays special teams. And I I just feel like this is a very random special team signing if it's for a guy to play special teams. Mm Mm-hmm. Because – He's going to be expensive. Like the veteran minimum is definitely more than what you'd be paying a younger guy to do the same thing, you know? I mean, I'll take the league veteran minimum, you know, salary. It wouldn't hurt me. Yeah, right. <laughs> Feel free. I mean, looking at the Jaguars' depth charts right now, I mean, it's Chris, Matt Hurts, Ben Ellenson, Tyler Davis, James O'Shaughnessy, and Luke Farrell. There's no big tight ends on that roster. So, so maybe he does become the best tight end. I have no idea. Yeah. <laughs> Regardless, I don't think he's going to be catching a lot of passes. Um, 
I really think he's just going to be running for – he's just going to be blocking. It, yeah. So as far as fantasy news goes, don't draft Tim Tebow or any other Jaguars tight end. Yeah. So, Ryan, how do you feel about his fantasy output? Tell us how you really feel. It's irrelevant. It's not even – you know, you want to – remember how Ron thought about Gronk and was yeah. wrong? I feel that way about Tim Tebow, but I'm right, where there's going to be nothing. So there's been some interesting transitions from players going from quarterback to another position. Um, I looked up a few of these examples today, and the one that really comes to mind of a quarterback that's actually playing tight end is Logan Thomas for the Washington football team. Um, That's one example that it actually worked in, but he came, I believe, straight out of college and played tight end for them. So he was getting into that transition. You're talking about someone who's already in his 30s trying to make the transition to tight end. I just don't see it being very successful. Yeah, I mean, Julian Edelman was a quarterback in college and came out to be wide receiver. Yeah, dude, you're, um, not, you're not kidding. I mean, we've also got Antoine Randall L, too, Terrell Pryor. But I definitely – and I think it would be different if this was a Tim Tebow that's younger, still kind of in his prime, but what is he, mid-30s? Yeah. At least now? I mean, he's got to be hitting his midlife crisis right now, right? Maybe that's what it is. You know, most guys would go buy a Corvette or something, but he's just going to be a tight end in the NFL. I'm Tom Brady. And I like him. Like, I think he's a super good dude. So I hope he just surprises me and comes out and kills it. Yeah. But I don't see that happening. Yeah. I just, like I said, don't really know the viability for fantasy football, even with him at the tight end position. Um, Nope. A a disclaimer I could see, though, is if you are in an auction league, like we like to play, I could see him being a big name that you could maybe throw up there late in the draft when, you know, you've maybe got $10 left and someone has maybe a few more dollars than you and they might be willing to throw 2 or $3 at him yep. just because he's a big name. So maybe throw him up in the auction block and see if, see if something happens. Absolutely. And another thing, I don't really foresee it happening, uh, but Tebow could potentially be one of those weird situations where, remember with Taysom Hill, you could use him as a tight end quarterback kind of situation. Maybe Tim Tebow gets in a situation where he is kind of throwing a pass here and there, but – I still don't think it's going to be significant enough to justify grabbing him. No. And I mean, the one week you could actually play Taysom Hill as a tight end last year was, you know, a little bit of a cheat code, it felt like. But Taysom Hill was significantly much better of a quarterback and even beat out some better quarterbacks than Tim Tebow on that roster. And yeah, and a lot of fantasy leads shut that down pretty quick. Yeah. They weren't too happy about that. Um, I mean, besides that, there's not a ton of news going around the league. There was a report that came out about 9.30 this morning, though, that Ann Rappaport reported the Packers have made a significant offer to Aaron Rodgers, you know, whatever the hell that's going to mean. Um, so I just wanted to ask you, Ryan, uh, do you think he should stay with the Packers? Oh, this shit show that is Green Bay. <laughs> um, listen, Aaron Rodgers, I'm on the JJ train. He's a big baby. Like, you got Devontae Adams there. You have a very good line. You have an amazing running back. Like, boo-hoo, they haven't drafted you a first-round wide receiver. Tom Brady never got first-round wide receivers. He made it work. Dude, he's being a big effing baby. I mean, they're talking about – yeah, I saw that report too, that Tom Brady hadn't had a first-round wide receiver. And they got him one a few years ago, and he's been a bust up to this point. Yeah, it was a terrible decision. So – Look at that. And I, I think the other mo- even more significant thing that I read, uh, it might have been yesterday, was that Devontae Adams said, you know, if Rodgers leaves, he might re- reevaluate um, being with the Packers, which if he left too, the Packers are done. Like this, 
It, it must be nice for these players to think it's like the NBA and they can just go wherever they want. Yeah, like, <laughs> peace. Um, yeah. If, if that happens and you're a Packers fan, just take the year off. It's not going to be good. Just don't watch. Yeah, just let Jordan Love season a little bit and then, you know, maybe come back to it in a year. But, like, seriously, what is he whining about? Yes, I understand you don't have a first one right receiver, but come on, Devontae Adams, they found him. Lazard's not that bad. I understand he was hurt last year, but he came on late. He wasn't that bad. Scanling is that weird wide receiver in their core who can't seem to catch a four-yard pass, but if you throw it way over his head 15 yards in front of him, he'll come down with it. And then they brought in Amari Rodgers, who was kind of a dark horse, I think, in this wide receiver core. And he just had an MVP season, so obviously he has the right pieces there. And I think Green Bay offered him like a pretty crazy contract. It was, I think it was going to be like $45 million a year or something like that. Um, so I don't, I don't know what he's looking for. I, also, I, think, I think Aaron can be a pretty um, spiteful guy where once he gets his mindset that he doesn't like somebody, that's it. A little I mean, melodramatic. Yeah, I mean, the dude, like, doesn't even touch his own family over something. I don't even know the full story. But he's pretty shitty. He holds grudges, man. Um, and I saw an interesting report, too, that, like, no, no Packers quarterback has ever played more than 16 seasons. So Aaron Rodgers just finished up number 16. Brett Favre played 16. And I'm pretty sure whoever was before Brett Favre played, like, 16 or 15. Which, so that was kind of, like, a cool stat. Yeah. All right. Since we're talking about fantasy football here, Ryan, let's go into fantasy land here for a second. Where do you think Aaron Rodgers would be more viable with the Packers continuing this offense somewhere he has experience or a new team like the Denver Broncos? So I think, I think if he went to Denver, that'd just be insane with like Cortland Sutton, Noah Fant, KJ Hamler. <laughs> um, and listen, we all know since Tom Brady went to the NFC, Aaron wants to get out of there and run over to the AFC so he can make it to the Super Bowl. Could you imagine him twice a year playing Pat Mahomes? Dude, that'd be amazing. As a football fan, that would be amazing to see. Yeah. Um, Having him in the AFC, though, I'd hate it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I think Aaron Rodgers on, Green, on the Denver Broncos would be insane, but the Denver Broncos don't have a Devontae Adams either. No. And another weapon that's coming back for the Packers potentially, I believe they still have Devin Funches, don't they? They didn't release him. Yeah, I think they have him, yeah. So I, I just don't understand that narrative that he just doesn't have any supporting cast. I can see why he's angry because, you know, he's a future Hall of Fame player. feels like you should have more control over the team a little bit, even as a player. But but this yeah, was the big issue with uh, Ned. This was the big issue with Mike McCarthy too. I mean, he kind of pushed to get him out of there, so – I think uh, I think he just wants to have both say in everything and have whoever the coach and GM are just almost be figureheads. That's what it's starting to seem like to me. He wants to be king of the mountain. Yeah, which, I mean, he's one of the best quarterbacks to ever play, but come on, man. Well, Denver's high up in the mountains. Maybe he'll go there. But I think the biggest winner of all this drama and how it unfolds could be uh, Aaron Jones' managers. Because if if um, Aaron Rodgers left, like they're gonna have to rely pretty heavily on running the ball. No, he will be Jordan Love's security blanket. I completely agree with that. Yeah. Um, but you have the adverse of it. I, it could really go either way because I mean, you could argue Aaron Rodgers opens up the field for him because it, of him being such a pass dependent offense with him. That's there. true. That's but, true. 
I mean, the volume's going to go up with Aaron Jones, um, but he may get the box stacked. I think that really could go either way. Regardless, I don't think Aaron Jones' stock really goes up or down. Fair okay. enough. Fair enough. Uh, speaking of running backs, there's a certain Falcons situation going on there where they didn't end up drafting anyone. And Falcons running back coach Desmond Kitchens says he could see any running back being the starter um, in that backfield, which personally I like Mike Davis, who they ended up signing. Uh, he's a natural pass catcher. Uh, he filled in quite a bit when uh, the Panthers' backfield was a little bit banged up. And, I mean, 89.9% of Atlanta's carries is up for grabs. Two of the running backs are gone from this roster. So how do you feel about Mike Davis with the Falcons? I like him. I think the biggest, the biggest thing is going to be is the Falcons' O-line as good as what the Panthers' O-line is. Because I think with that Panthers' O-line, almost any running back would have done amazing. Yeah. Um, if Seeds would have been healthy last year, it would have been incredible. Yeah, so it's going to all depend on that offensive line. Honestly, I don't know a ton about the Falcons' offensive line, but I definitely think Mike Davis, especially if you can get him in the later rounds. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you won't get him super late, but maybe even in the middle. Like, that could be a steal. Well, if, you know, the plotting Todd Gurley can, you know, score touchdowns in that offense, I feel like Mike Davis will do pretty well. That's I don't, fair. I don't see anyone really challenging him for that starting role, too, and he could end up being the bell cow. Yeah, he, I, I, think, I don't think Mike Davis has any level of competition there. I definitely think he's going to be the RB1. Yeah, absolutely. That team. You got anything else you want to bring up before we get into tonight's topic, Ryan? Um. Well, as a precursor to tonight's top topic, I think another big win from the draft for some running back owners was the fact that Miami did not take a running back. So teams that have Miles Gaston, who really came into his own towards the end of last year, some people were worried that maybe the Dolphins would take a running back and Miles Gaston would start trying to take a bad seat. It's looking like he's still going to be their, their main guy, which is good for people that are able to draft him. And I think he could be another late, later round pick. Well, that shit didn't happen, did it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so getting on to the topic at hand tonight, we're going to be going over those bastards that take away your fantasy points, the yep. backup running backs that just you can't stand in your fantasy leagues. So me and Ryan are going to each go over three who we think are good candidates to take yards and touchdowns away from the starters on their teams this year. So yeah, the, This running back by committee stuff, it's brutal for fantasy owners. I think it's it good is. for teams in some ways, but for fantasy managers, it's really tough to, to dissect. So as I said, we'll call these bastards the running back thieves. So Ryan, would you like to go over your first running back thief? Yeah, my, bit, my first running back thief, I'm going to take Kenyon Drake, who went and got signed by the Raiders this offseason. Ooh, J.J. Um, would very much disagree with you last year. <laughs> he was a big fan of Kenyon Drake. He would. Um, John Gruden pursued Kenyon Drake pretty hard. Um, Josh Jacobs was running back eight last year, so he was in the top 10 for uh, PPR leads. But you have Drake coming in from, um, from Arizona, who is kind of sharing carries with Edmonds there. Uh, he still finished running back 16 last season. He, he's also more of a receiving back, which Josh Jacobs really struggled there. Uh, finished last season with 33 receptions, 238 yards, and zero touchdowns. So Josh Jacobs just didn't have that big receiving threat. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think some fantasy owners are hoping that Drake only takes on that receiving role and Jacobs is still getting all those carries. But I don't know. I, I think Kenyon Drake's going to take enough away from Josh Jacobs that it could boot him out of that top 10 for the running bats. 
And uh, also a side note that Kenny Jarrett doesn't really have anything to do with is um, I believe this offseason Jacob's got a DWI as well. So there may be <laughs> there may be some lead uh, punishment or suspension coming down from that, which if the guy's out a couple of weeks, that hurts it even more so. I could heavily see that happening, and I agree with you there. Um, and not only that, John Gruden is always quick to pull a guy off the field when he's not a fan of him. Um, him being suspended, John Gruden likes to fall in love with veterans. I mean, the guy he's bringing in is a veteran too. So, I mean, if Kenny Drake gets a hot hand, he could end up cutting into those, you know, carries for him very heavily. Absolutely. So, I'm in this situation, I'm, I'm really staying away from Josh Jacobs. Maybe – if you have a PPR lead, you could get Kenyon Drake later on in the draft as a possible flats kind of situation or a flyer. Um, but I'm, I'm going to avoid Josh Jacobs. Yeah. Speaking of running backs, I'd like to avoid this year. Um, now he's falling out of my top 10, and we alluded to in the last episode, James Robinson, um, who last year in 2020 uh, had a breakout rookie season. He had 1,070 yards and seven touchdowns. He averaged 4.5 yards a carry and had 49 receptions. Unfortunately, Jacksonville made the move of drafting Travis Etienne, which is absolutely horrible for his fantasy outlook. I absolutely hate what Urban Meyer did during that press conference, calling him a third-round back. It, it just destroys any outlook that he has of being productive this year. They're both going to split targets this year, and I just hate where Travis Etienne went. Yeah, and if Travis Etienne went to almost any other team, I say almost because there are a couple other teams where a similar situation would happen, he would be fantasy relevant, but Urban Meyer just completely flushed that. And I mean, James Robinson finished, um, let me see. He was definitely in the top 10. Um, yeah. Finished number seven last season. And that was only playing 14 games. So he, he probably could have been a top five running back potentially. They're and about now, to do some real disservice to him. Yeah. And now I would stay away from both of them. Um, I don't even know if, if, if you're in a keeper lead. I don't even know if I'd use my keeper on James Robinson, honestly. No, like I said, Urban Meyer says he's got a plan for Travis Etienne. Um, he's going to take away a third down targets and red zone targets from James Robinson, which means he may not even have seven touchdowns this year. Um, I said James Robinson could be a dark horse candidate to be traded by the draft deadline this year, and I can really see that happening. Um, some interesting things while we're talking about Travis Etienne is I – Brought up James Robinson's yard per carry last year, which I believe was 4.5 yards a carry. ETN's four years in college, going all the way back to 2017 and going through 2020, were 7.2 yards a carry, 8.1, 7.8, and then 5.4 last year. Regardless of that being in college, all of those average per yard carries were better than James Robinson, who is – a Trevor Lawrence favorite, so he's going to be heavily targeted with him. And if you start seeing him getting a lot of targets, he might start cutting into that first and second down work, something that's going to be really concerning to James Robinson owners. Yeah, I mean, because Etienne and Lawrence, you know, they already have that rapport, mm-hmm. and he's going to be his go-to guy. And if I'm James Robinson, I'm kind of like WTF. Over, and for the Jaguars, it makes no sense because James Robinson's on such a cheap deal. Like, why, why wouldn't you keep that? For at least another season or two, and then look at look at our uh, first round running back after that. I don't. Yeah, I think Travis Etienne has got a lot of potential in dynasty leagues. Um, yes. And hell, even after week eight this year, I think, um, or whenever they end up going out of their bye week, 
I think they'll start making that transition to Travis Etienne and get him fresh out there and more accustomed to the offense. I mean, he's Trevor Lawrence's security blanket. He's going in there. He knows him. He's going to get targeted. Yep, and Urban Meyer, for whatever reason, doesn't care for Robinson. I think he's going to start to phase him out of the game. Um, and you'll probably see him on a new team, if not this year, then next year. Well, someone's going to get him on the cheap, and we might be dead wrong, costing us our league. Very true. Very true. <laughs> All, All right, right, Ryan. Do you want to get into your second player? Yep, so my second player, I have um, the Broncos. I believe it was their second-round pick in Javante Williams. Um, I think this really hurts Melvin Gordon's value. I mean, Melvin Gordon didn't have a great season last year. I know. I drafted him. Um, it's interesting. It, You're going with a theme of heavy drinkers, I see, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Melvin Dorian and PPR leads finished 14th last season, so wasn't even in the top 10. Um, so I think they're going to, at minimum, be splitting the carries 50-50. Uh, Williams is definitely a, a strong running back. Um, he, he broke more tackles than any other college running back last season, so he's definitely that strong runner. Mm-hmm. And like you alluded to, also, Melvin Doran's still awaiting punishment from that late-season DWI he got last year. Um, so you might see him miss a few weeks there where Javante Williams might be the main guy. And who knows, if he comes out and crushes it in the beginning, why, why go away from that? So you can see Melvin Doran potentially really take a bad seat. Yeah, if he hits his hot hand, you may actually see him on the bench a lot more. I could completely see that happening. Um, you're going to really have to hedge your bets with Melvin Gordon, I think. So, really, Javante Williams actually might be kind of a, uh, a late pick to make. Javante, like, he could be – he might end up being like a tier three running back with the possibility of being more. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. Um, it's really interesting that you say that, though, too, because um, we're really talking about starting a dynasty league with the four of us, too, and that's another guy that could have a lot of value in that. Maybe not so much in your auction league this year, unless you have keepers. Um, he could come cheaper. But, you know, and his dynasty house outlook is fantastic, I think. Absolutely. Yep. All right. And if uh, you have anything else on him you want to add? Nope. Nope. All right. So I guess with that, we'll move on to the next bastard on this list. Uh, someone who I'd like to really start for the Bills, but I think is going to end up taking a back seat, but still get some targets is uh, Devin Singletary from the Buffalo Bills. I mean, Going back to 2019 and 2020, uh, 151 attempts and 156. The man had 775 yards and 687, averaging 4.4 and 5.1 yards a carry. Two touchdowns, both seasons. So, mm-hmm. man's feeder in concrete. I mean, it would be awesome if he starts this year, but unfortunately, I don't think he will. Devin Singletary is horrible in the red zone um, as a weapon. He's the definition of a running back league in this offense. That's really what I believe he is. Um, Buffalo didn't really draft anyone to replace him, which I don't really see why they didn't. So I think that's just kind of nodding to the belief that they really like Zach Moss. But regardless of their just being Zach Moss in this, their offense, they're going to need a change of base back, and that's going to be Devin Singletary, I think. Um, and in 2020, Zach Moss got only 112 attempts on 481 yards but that was at 6.8 yards average. So obviously he's going to get more touches. So that would make Devin Singletary the squeaky wheel of this offense. Yeah. And I mean, Zach Moss didn't, didn't rank too high last year. Either. I mean, finished number 46, uh, Singletary 31. So uh, who was Zach Moss splitting with last year? I don't even remember. Devin Singletary. 
Oh, duh. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's just not a good, a good pairing there in Buffalo. I don't. It kind of, it kind of pushes both running backs out of the fantasy football conversation, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, man, Singletary. I honestly just believe is a plotter. Like he's significantly less talented than Zach Moss. Um, and like I said, he's just going to be that leech stealing targets from Zach Moss, who should be the bell cow of this offense. Well, and not to mention you have Josh Allen who decides to run it in for himself once they get within the 10, yeah. which kind of, which kind of hurts the running bats as well. When you have Josh Allen there, who's just a monster and chooses to take it in himself, usually successfully. Yeah. I think a lot of owners were very disappointed with him last year. Um, and honestly, I could see him having something like, 3.9 yards of carry this year. I really don't think he's that good of a running back and teams have figured him out and he'll be lucky to get to two touchdowns. He's just not a very viable option. No, nope, not at all. Yeah, so just, you know, steer clear of him. Yep, don't even, don't even look at those two guys. Um, so my next one, my third one. And your next leech. My next leech. And this is two running bats that I don't, I don't I'm not super high on anyway. Is James Conner going over to Arizona with Kenyon Jerick leaving? Um, Conner, number 27 running back last year with, in 13 games. He's going to be paired up with Chase Edmonds, who was number 25 last year in 16 games. I mean, granted, he was kind of behind uh, Kenyon Drake. But I don't know if, if they're trying to bring in James Conner to almost take that Kenyon Drake role of, of being the receiving back. But even then, I mean, Kenyon Drake was only finishing – Sits team class season, I believe. I believe so. I don't. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not too high on either of these running bats. Even if they are bringing him in for that role, um, I think he's a little too slow for that role. So I don't know if you're honestly assessing that correctly. I think he might be the first or second down thumper. Um, but which isn't great either. No, it's, it's really not. It. It's a strange role for him. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Um. I don't love it whatever it is that they're planning on doing. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, let me see what his – I'm just I curious. Think, I think James Conner's productivity is going to really rely on that line because when you saw Pittsburgh Lutz line really break down last year, he just looked like trash. Yeah. Um, I mean, last season averaging 4.3 yards per carry. Mm-hmm. Um, not – only six touchdowns on the year, so – Definitely not great numbers from a fantasy perspective. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, I think he's definitely draftable. Uh, I honestly could see him potentially being the bell cow. Um, what, what was his only competition you said? Chase Edmonds. Yeah, maybe not. Exactly. Yeah, I don't – it might be Edmonds Leach. That's He's what really I'm saying. Fine. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm not too hot on that. I don't feel so good. Like, I was – Really talking you down there and talking shit, but now I don't feel so good. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's these two guys that even in the rankings last year were so close together. And, I mean, a part of me almost wonders that they have basically two of the same guy. Because, yeah. yeah, Chase Edmonds, 4.6 yards per carry last season with, with um, one touchdown as far as rushing goes. And couldn't you so, just need – the Cardinals running a lot of four wide receiver sets and just chucking it around the field anyway. Yeah. And just like we were talking about with Josh Allen, they have Kyler Murray there who is a, is a fast scrambling quarterback that can kind of run the ball in himself. So it's really not a good backfield. No, 
These will be the late option running backs where if you've missed one, you're going to look at your field and just go, oh, I really got to take them and I don't want to. Yeah, and I think it's going to be very inconsistent, the production you get out of those guys. You might have some weeks where they kill it, but then you're definitely going to have weeks where you get single-digit numbers. That's why it's not always bad if you're in a snake draft. Always do the old adage, take those running backs early and have a lot of them so you don't get stuck with this situation and you're praying for the waiver wire to save your team. Exactly, exactly. And I know James Conner, too. I mean, you always have those injury issues, so you don't, you're likely not to get him for the whole season anyway. Yeah, I think we're doing pretty well without those two losers so far, aren't we? Yeah, we are. Who needs um, them? Yeah, James Conner missed three games last season and had five games that were single digits. And four of those games that didn't even break five points. So, oh, that is nasty. So that, that's seven weeks right there where you got either nothing or less than five points. Don't want him on my roster. Anyway, no, and he, what were you saying? No, and he was the main guy last year. So definitely, definitely someone I would stay away from. Speaking of anyone I don't want on my roster – uh, my last running back thief or multiple running back thieves in this situation uh, is the Eagles backfield. So the reason why I listed the Eagles backfield is um, I think they got a severely talented running back, but I believe that the Eagles backfield is a cancerous plague for fantasy situations for the reason that tell me about it. Oh my God. Like they picked up carry on Johnson this week. I mean, who's immensely talented. Boston Scott's got a little bit of talent and they also drafted Kenneth Gainwell. Um, I think Miles Sanders is the most talented out of, out of all of these besides maybe Kenneth Gainwell, but he's still too young and a rookie to know what he really is right now. Um, so I think if Miles Sanders who has a history of injuries comes up, he really could end up falling into that trap of it being a running back by committee. Um, as like an I, idiot who paid $60 for Miles Sanders in an auction league last year, <laughs> I want nothing to do with him. Yeah. Uh, like I said, Miles Sanders is, I think, the most talented running back in this backfield. Um, however, he was hurt last year, so the Eagles may lower his carries anyway, just trying to keep him fresh and keep him healthy. Um, another aspect we can look at it with Miles Sanders, too, and that cancerous backfield that's preventing him, these thieves. Um, they have a new head coach who came from the Colts who likes to spread around the wealth to less talented running backs who in this situation will be carry on Johnson, Kenneth Gainwell, you know, Boston Scott. Uh, so Miles Sanders just could really hurt this year. I believe I listed him in my top 10, but looking at this backfield now and then picking up carry on Johnson, I think I may reconsider that this year. I mean, look at the Colts running backs last year, Jonathan Taylor, Naheem Hines and Jay Wilkins, not looking at stats, not looking at anything you would probably assume Jonathan Taylor was the bell cow of this offense. But that wasn't the case until later on in the season, and they saw the talent he had. Uh, I won't forget the few games I lost where my opponent had Naheem Hines mm -hmm. and I had Jonathan Taylor. And for whatever reason, the Colts decided to screw John Taylor this week, and Hines put up like 20-some points. So right. you never know. And like you said, Kerryon Johnson, he's talented, but not – as far as rushing goes, not that great. Average three and a half yards per attempt last season. Uh, might have some reception capability, but still only 26 receptions last season. 
with one touchdown. Right. And here's another bit of, here's another tidbit that I mentioned a little bit earlier too. It's not like they just picked him up too. They claimed him off waivers. They have intent to use him. They drafted a running back already. So what is their plan for this backfield? I honestly think this might end up becoming a running back by committee. And the reason is, is I think they fear for Miles Sanders' health. Yep. I think they want to get the most use out of every guy by alternating through just to keep the tread on the tires. Which is death to your fantasy backfield. Yes. It's, you know, longevity wise, it probably works, but for a fantasy aspect, it does not work at all. That formula worked for the Colts to get to the playoffs last year, so maybe look for their new head coach to implement it here. Just stay away from this backfield. I can see it. And then, um, as a side note, not so much with leeches and stuff, a, um, another running back that may be kind of concerning, and I say this as having him as my keeper for two years in a row, would be <laughs> Alvin Kamara. Depending on who's, who's the quarterback back there, um, Kamara might not be the automatic first pick to make. Um, depending on when you're going in your draft. I mean, I definitely think you get drafted in the top three to five guys, mm-hmm. but he still might be one to have second thoughts about depending on if a starter is named for the Saints by the time your fantasy draft comes around. Yeah, because, I mean, speaking of people we were talking about earlier, Taysom Hill, he wasn't very productive with him last year. No. he Alvin Kamara had terrible games when uh, I think I read he was pretty much running back to like around 11 when Taysom Hill was on the field. <laughs> you, so dropped all, you dropped only 11 and we're calling it a terrible season. That just tells you the kind of talent he really has. Right. I mean, you go from the unquestionable number one guy to 11, just based on that Taysom Hill being on the field. So if you're, if you're an Alvin Kamara owner, you really want Winston to get that starting job. <laughs> Even with the interceptions coming to that team. Yep, that's fine. I'm not a fan of the team, so I don't care. But I am a fan of Kamara as long as he's on my team. So I'd like to see Jameis Winston there. Oh, you're praying for him to win that quarterback competition when training camp rolls around. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, Saints fans are praying that Drew Brees comes out of retirement. <laughs> yes, because neither of those options seem super, super um, encouraging for, for fans. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with that. And speaking of – not big fans. JJ seems to have a real hate for Taysom Hill. I've never quite understood why. I mean, I think he's a pretty cool dude. And, you know, seeing him at tight end for one week last year was kind of cool. I didn't get I to think, play him, but. I think JJ just hates gadget players. Yeah, maybe. Like he, he doesn't like those guys that don't have a set position for whatever reason. I think it's fun. Taysom Hill, like, I love watching that guy play. But Do you, do you think that's just a deflection because his team has never actually had a good quarterback? I think it is, and I think probably J.J.'s been screwed over by Taysom Hill and DraftKings a few times maybe or something like that where he just put up one of his crazy games. So that yeah. might, might be the source of some of that aggression. Maybe there's a deep-seated issue we need to go over with him next time we see him. I think so. Maybe dive into that a little bit. Yeah. Um, we, we're still going to need to cover how much Daniel Jones sucks every single week Ron's on too and when he's not here to defend him too. Absolutely. Another, another running back that I've been reading that some people have reservations about is um, David Montgomery. He really came into it last season, but Reed Cohen's coming back. So some people think that uh, you did see his value really drop as well. I don't believe it will, man. I'm actually very big on David Montgomery this year. Um, Cohen is definitely coming back, but Montgomery seemed to find something that worked for him 
late in the season. I understand he was playing against bad defenses, but he's playing with a quarterback this year. I believe he's going to be the starter um, from Ohio State who's got legs. He's a dual threat quarterback, and I think that might give more opportunities to him. He's a little bit of a slower running back, but like I said, he just hit his stride late in the season last year, and I really like what I saw from him. Yeah, I mean, those last six games of the season, I think he averaged like 20 points a game, if not a little bit more, which is insane. Um, so he, he's still someone to worth looking at. I mean, I, I think I would take the risk on him. I think it's worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also don't think he's a huge name, so he might, he might fall, fall to you if you have a late first-round pick. We will see, I guess. Yeah. Time will tell. And that's strictly from a snake draft standpoint. Option lead is a whole nother animal. Um, that's a name that Ron would like to throw up and then JJ grits his teeth if he should spend a lot of money on him or not. Exactly. Which you might have to do considering he's the league champion this year. I might have to sabotage JJ as much as possible. That's okay. We'll sabotage Ron in the uh, Dynasty League, figure out who he likes. Usually it's someone like Lamar Jackson, who he plans on carrying, I think, in every league for the next 10 years. He's got some obsessive love for him. So, Yes, he does. Know. He might have yeah. to end up on someone else's roster, and Ron will have to figure out something else. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll, we're, they don't hide who they like very well, so we should be able to figure out pretty quickly how to, how to sabotage them as much as possible. At least Ron, deep down, really does accept that Daniel Jones is a shitty quarterback. I mean, you know, he put him in his top ten because of his fandom, but we know you really believe that he's going to be gone after this year. Yeah, I just hope Daniel Jones actually doesn't finish in the top ten just because then we'd never hear the end of it. No, we, Ron can't have him finish in the top ten and he can't walk away with the trophy this year or it's going to be right back to how Seymour sees it. Yeah, I mean, I'm very confident that Daniel Jones is not in top ten. No. All right, so I guess it's time for these two leeches to log off, huh? Yeah, we're we're all good. Um, at least at least two of us decided to work this week, and uh, and get some content in. Yeah, no telling if the other two will. I guess we'll see. Um, so again, guys, this is garbage time fantasy football. Hopefully, you hear more of us next week, JJ and Ron. Um, you can follow us on Instagram. We're now also on YouTube, Simplecast. Um iHeartRadio, I believe, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Feel free to message us on our Instagram, Garbage Time Fantasy Football. Feel free to leave comments on Garbage Time Fantasy Football on YouTube. Um, I believe we're also working on a website right now, too. We'll see how Ron gets back to us on that. A little bit of snail mail, I guess, going on with that. Or maybe he just wanted our money. We'll see. <laughs> he, he may have swindled us. Yeah, no, no worries. We didn't pay money for that. Um, anyway... I think it's time for us to get out of here. Good night, running back thieves, and uh, good night to anyone listening.